still going live. My dick is an asshole. It's really grainy in here, and I'm kind of back Does this help? I guess. I need more light coming in the front. Oh, yeah, we're live. Yeah, we are. Uh, Ow, my back should have been the name of this <laughs> podcast. Ow, my back. The struggle. Yeah. Like, I didn't... When I drove a Sarah the first time, I was just paying attention to the car, and I didn't understand how... Unless those seats were different. Like, I got into the passenger seat, of my Sarah. And I'm like, Oh, this actually is supportive. And I got back in the driver's seat. I'm like, Oh, see, my car has the equivalent of like 34,000 miles on it. And how is the driver's seat already kind of crushed and blown? So maybe it had fatty Bobatty in that seat. And then, uh, who knows? And then Nick has a loner Corolla right now. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, these seats are amazing. So, there, there's a bunch of stuff I need to do to the Sarah. I'm still happy to have it. I was obsessing about that car, as you know, for months. And then I was upset that it was cut, stuck in customs quarantine. So I'm like, I need a JDM something. So I bought that POW, which I still have. Um, the, uh, the new owner who has paid me, um, he's just trying to find a shipper. Uh, I gave him, I got information from Justin Burnash. Uh, the owner of Prime Driven. I'm like, who's your shipper guy? And he's like, this guy's a pro. So I sent that information on to the new owner. Haven't heard back from the new owner yet, whether he called this person or not. Um, I'm kind of eager to get the POW out of here, but I think Tim Strickler is coming by tomorrow or something like that. So it'd be neat to get a three-car shoot between his Activan, the Sarah, and the POW. POW's over at Greg's house right now. Uh, he's keeping it in his garage. Although I did say he could drive it, and he drove his daughter to ice cream last night. And so I brought the uh, Sarah over there. Um, uh, person in the chat asked, what year is the, your loaner Corolla? I did not check. I All believe right. it is 2011, I want to say. Okay. Um, but I do not quote me on that. Um, uh, Audrey Strauss says, is this the same Sarah you reviewed a few years ago? No, that was, I think, a phase one. Mine, and I think that was a 1990 or 91. Uh, this is a, I own a phase three. And my serial number is like 6909. I'm one of the, I'm like one of the last, I own one of the last, I think within the last 20 Sarah's ever made. Um, so the phase three Sarah has like some minor changes, different interior. The big thing about phase three is that it has side impact protection. The phase three Sarah doors are heavier than all the other ones and require heavier uh, door struts to work, which mine has new ones. And, uh, um, uh, which, which have been replaced. They're aftermarket ones, but they, 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 they work. Uh, I do need rear struts for the rear glass. Um, those ones are blown. Um, but that seat thing just, 
right now I, I want to drive it because, you know, I have it, but I got to do something about those seats. It's painful to drive, um, which sucks. Uh, Forrest says, hi, Mr. Regular. I just bought a 1999 Chevy Metro for $93. Awesome. What's it the official car of? So the Chevy Metro slash Geo Metro. Who bought those new, man? I mean, that is cheap. Those cars were cheap, cheap. I guess who buys like bottom of the barrel cars, like absolutely base model? Who buys new cheap cars? Nail technician. Nice. It has to be someone who I just want a new car. Like what's the cheapest car I can buy new? I was able to buy this for $8,000 new. I was talking to someone else. I think it was Dan Solner who said, like, this part of Pennsylvania, you do see a lot of that. Yeah. And I guess he's kind of right. There are people who buy or lease new base model, bottom of the portfolio, um, bottom of the inventory, but new. Like, I guess it has to be people who are afraid of maintenance or just want something nice in their life. God damn it. Yeah. 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 Um, hold for sound. All right. Welcome everyone to RCR podcast. Number 93 K Sarah, Sarah. I'm Nick. I'm Brian. And of course, the title of the podcast is related to the new RCR car, the car that is, uh, you know, we sold the Falcon or you sold the Falcon, mm -hmm. uh, got a pal, sold mm -hmm. the pal. Uh, but that was just a temporary measure, an in-between measure. Yeah. Um, the pal was always going to get sold. And now you have a Toyota Sarah from yeah. what year? I have a 1995 Phase 3 Sarah in manual. So... I, the manual Sarah's do exist and I own one completely changes the car feels completely. Oh, God damn that seat. I'm not going to stop complaining about it. if God, the driver's seat sucks. Mm. I, I need something to just solve that seat problem because everything about it is amazing. Yeah. I was doing 89 miles an hour in that thing, and it was not stressed. Something Eesh. that the automatic couldn't do. The gear ratios are very generous. The aerodynamics are amazing. The car is quiet, but when you do get on it, the 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 5FE growls. Yeah. And the amount of power, I thought people are like, oh, you got to swap it with the 3S GTE. I think the 5FE engine is perfect. Yeah. It's the correct amount of power. And I... I could easily sail at 110 and this thing would, wouldn't care. I mean, it can live up at the high rev ranges. Uh, my car looks like it's been painted at some point, which is also very strange. Mm. Um, it's this, it's a silver paint, but in some lights, it sort of looks light blue depending on where you park it. It's like this pearlescent silver paint on it. Yeah. And when I'm looking inside the car and looking at like the seat mounts and stuff, this, I might have, I might be rolling around in a flood car. Mm. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, actually it, yeah, it does. Um, there's a lot of, there's rust in strange places, yeah. like inside the car. 
Like, how is this happening? Of course, I'm also unfamiliar with Sarah's, so maybe they do start rusting on the inside. Um, who knows? But the underside, there's not a whole lot of rust, but it has the um, the lower... It's not the lower control arm, because it's McPherson struts. It's just like the suspension arms are or ball joints are completely new. They're a new part. Yeah. Um, and there isn't like body rust. There isn't like floor rust on this thing, but there's like some rust on the doors, a lot of it on the seams. Of course, it also is a 25 year old car. Yeah. What um, are you going to do? What are you going to do? Really? There's only so much that can be done mm -hmm. in that regard. Um, James F says, little beer money. Have a great weekend. Thank you, hey. James. Uh, Benjamin V also in the regular chat mentioned, um, is the seat better or worse than the echo? The old, uh, silicone sally or wait the yeah, original fit now i'm thinking of uh, uh the uh, honda Helen. fit was the honda fit i was able to solve it's it's better than the honda fit those things were ungodly terrible yeah um the the way i solved the fit problem see those the seat fabric on a honda fit could be you could unzip it yeah you could get you could take the seat covers off the seat. And so what I did is I shoved, I cut up a boogie board and <laughs> shoved it in between. I shoved it in front. I could get to the seat springs and I shoved the boogie boards, shoving the seat forward. I like, I put lumbar support in the seat by just forcing these pieces of hard foam in between the seat springs and the seat foam and that solved it at least from a back perspective um so it's better that way but i can't i don't want to cut these seats up yeah so it's i'm open to all sorts of options right now there's a, an auto zone foam pad that i used uh one of my masks and i stretched it out over the entire seat to hold this like seat pad in place and that, okay, that's for now. That's fine. Yeah. It's not fine, but I can get, I can get in the car and sit down and not have to like, Oh God, I've got my lumbar support and like put it there every, every single time. Um, so it helps a little bit. Well, let's, uh, hop in the way back machine a little bit and just see how, the journey went in the sense that, I mean, obviously like I dropped you off at the airport in the mm -hmm. Corolla. Um, and, uh, after that, you know, obviously it was this, the first real traveling you've done since like yeah. all of this. And mm -hmm. so you finally got to have access to the Admiral's lounge again. Hell yeah. Um, what was that? Was it the same as like Phoenix where we're kind of like it's better than Phoenix. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can eat in the ad. You can, you can eat in the American airlines lounge. You can get a drink. You can't, you can't pour your own drinks, but the automatic espresso machine is still there and you just mm. push a button and you can still get that. But there's like only one person can be standing in front of it. <laughs> and like, you know, all your creamers and different cups. And do you want an actual mug? Do you want yeah. the to go one and all the tea and the hot water, but only one person can stand in front of it. Mm. Um, you can get food in the animals lounge and they do have their hummus and their chips and stuff and the cookies and the ice, uh, 
um, Rice Krispie treats are all there, um, but they're all in like little plastic containers. So there's tons of waste, but you can eat free food and have a free drink. I mean, the thing is, if you if you go into an airline's lounge, yes, like um, well drinks and like domestic beers, like your Bud Lights and stuff, it is free. But if you don't tip that bartender, you're an asshole. Yeah. It's like you can afford to be in this lounge. You can afford at least a dollar, man. Well, yeah, it's open bar at a wedding type yeah. thing. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm sure my brother's wedding in July is probably going to be because it's in New Orleans. I don't know why they're doing a destination wedding. I didn't ask. Mm -hmm. I did find out that, however, I am the best man, which oh, is okay. a huge privilege, and but also a huge responsibility because – well, I don't know if he's expecting me to like plan a bachelor party. I really hope not because otherwise it's just going to be like, you know, I'll rent out a movie theater for video games or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's not going to be anything ribald and raunchy, but uh, I would have to give a speech. And I mean, I would have given a speech anyway, but yeah. it's hard to kind of like sum up what your own brother means to you in a span of a few words while also including like, what his fiance means to the family and what it means to get like another member of the family. So uh, it's, what is yeah. the best man's speech max 10 minutes? Oh, I wouldn't go 10 minutes. Like I, I, I would probably have a hard time going five, honestly, because okay. it's nerves, but also like when you're the writer in the family, people expect more of you. And so that's why, like, I don't want to be, I don't, I want to be succinct. Yeah. And I don't want them to get to their hopes too high that they're going to cry during the speech. Cause it's like, I'll tell them right now, like they're not going to cry during the speech. Yeah. Cause I, I don't intend to, I intend to move people, but not move them like that. You know, it's like, I just want to give a speech that's humorous and yeah. to the point and yeah. poignant. And I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's ah. what I hate about best, the, the best man speeches I don't like are the ones where people let you know that I'm not like, I'm not really good at speeches. Oh, all right. Webs or I'm not uh, like, um, blah, 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 blah. here I go. I'm giving the best man speech and the mic is already on. And yeah. And like trying like the best man speeches I've seen that worked are ones that skip the preamble entirely. Yeah. Like the ones that light the room up are the ones that don't set the stage that, Tarantino right into the action. Yeah. Like the year was 19, 1995. John and I were blah, 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 blah. The funny story. Yeah. I will remember this forever. And that's why you're my favorite person on the planet. Yeah. That kind of loyalty, whatever happened in that story will uh, we'll make you a great father, something, something. Well, it is also what makes you a great father to blah, 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 blah. And I look forward to being part of your life and the life of your new family going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very nice. And yeah. that's like, that's along the lines of what I would want to do and have it be like a like three to five minutes max. It's yeah. not that like I'm new to giving speeches. I've given plenty yeah. in plenty of and different no one cares if you read from a clipboard. 
No, no one cares. Yeah. Nobody whatsoever. But it, it's not the Oscars for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, but it's something where after a certain point, you know, you don't want to come across as indulgent. Like you like the sound of your own voice. I mean, I don't. So I uh, do. <laughs> and that that's my problem. Yeah. Because I can give a speech and like, uh oh, the glaze is going up over the eyes. Yeah. Like, um, I don't think there's ever going to be an RCR LGR crossover. I had a one teaser video with Clint from LGR standing in front of the Sarah. I'm like, here's your crossover episode. Um, but the truth is, uh, Clint and me are very different people. And I figured that out within five minutes. Mm. Um, I don't really care. I mean, I like eighties video games and that technology. I love hearing him talk about it. Yeah, I can. I put lazy game reviews on and play Star Citizen. Yeah, that's fantastic. And the thing I love that what Clint does is that it's a it's a complete smooth sounding guy talking about old technology. It is Weather Channel esque. Yeah, in the nicest possible way. Oh yeah, because anyone who follows us knows that like Weather Channel is the apex of like comfort listening. Yeah. But I learned that that Clint likes cars insofar as they appear in video games. And there was this moment where I'm like, I, I mentioned like the POW and like, yeah, but it has an electronic electronic uh, carburetor. And he's like, oh, I don't really know too much about carburetion. I've figured, okay, that's normal. Well, okay, you know about fuel injection? He's like, no. Now I got very excited at that point because I get to explain the differences between carburation, fuel injection, throttle body fuel injection, port fuel injection, and direct gasoline injection. Yeah. Topics that I find enthralling and fun and because the story keeps going about trying how you can optimize internal combustion. Yeah. But I realized by the time I made the transition from carburation to Fuel injection, I saw the glaze just go over Clint's eyes and I'm like, oh no. Yeah. You don't care. Yeah. But that's not his problem. Because yeah. it's not him. Like, I, I mean, PDAs, I think, are a joke and silly, and I don't care about them. Yeah. I like hearing about them. I don't care. So yeah. he's talking about this and that. I'm like, all right, yep, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So if they're like <laughs> if there would be an LGR RCR thing, it'd be like, he'd be talking about this and, and you just hear me in the background, just making the, or you'd see me in the background, making a jerk off motion is like, this is dumb. <laughs> oh my God, who the hell cares? And I think the only thing that would genuinely work because we'd be speaking to our strengths is I'd be rambling on about a car and he's like, or he'd be in the background. I was like, is this a computer? Well, it's got a computer in it. Can it play Doom? No. Then I don't care. And like he <laughs> leaves. That would be a cool crossover in my yeah. mind because it would speak speak the truth. Like we're completely different people. Yeah. Um, um, and ultimately, I mean, I think there's that's not to cast aspersions against no, no, no. like their content or who they are. It's just sometimes you recognize that you don't want to do a crossover just to do a crossover. You want it to be a compatible crossover. And there's nothing wrong with saying that maybe it wouldn't be compatible for a crossover. Um, you know, it's, it's the same way that auto companies, you know, almost merge and then they don't, um, not to 
talk about the AMC thing, which I'll get to later. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah. And as for uh, the ATL, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I recall you saying they were fairly jumping. I realize I'm jumping all over the place in terms of topics. Yeah. I'm just trying to get some sort of categorical order to everything because like, okay, you get out in eight. Well, first of all, like the first class here, you're saying like they gave you no nuts, which is criminal to me. Yeah. Um, but you got booze. Yeah. But I'm putting booze. Like I ate my fill in the lounge, but then there's like, like that 30 minutes. Like I, and 30 minutes, like a two and a half hour flight from Philly to Atlanta, two and a half hours to drink three drinks. Ooh. So that's, I am toasted, but also like I've digested most of the food in the Admiral's Lounge is not like thick, heavy food um, because they can't really do it. It's all like light stuff that, you know, I didn't poop on the plane, but this isn't sort of the food that absorbs booze. Yeah. So I had a headache by the time I got off the plane mm. that definitely nuts or like sometimes you get the brownies in first class. That would have been good. Mm. Something cakey and thick. So I think the move right now is if they're not serving food on the plane, you'd have to buy some something in the airport. Like a coffee cake, a bagel, a bagel, a bagel. Yeah. A good old starchy bagel. Yeah, that would be that's definitely the move. Yeah. Bagel, cream cheese. Put it in a bag, put it in your bag, and then, then you get your gin and tonic, and then you eat half the bagel with your first gin and tonic, and then eat the rest of the bagel, and that'll slow. And also ask for, yeah, that's another thing. I didn't ask for any water. I should have asked for like a bottle of water or mm. something like that. That's yeah. what I should have done. Then I'm really peeing. Yeah, tell but, me about it. But I did pee anyway. And so you pick up the car, and the drive back, I mean – realistically other than the back situation with the seats like how was it it's fine it's great the car's great right. um uh, i'm not sure like i need new speakers in the doors i mean they sound like the 90s which <laughs> would be fine if this was i mean it is an old toyota it sounds like an, it smells like an old toyota it has that old toyota truck smell that plastic cooking especially because most of the surfaces i mean there's a lot of bleaching going sun bleaching going on because the car is mostly glass um the um the stereo has a cd player mm. and a tape deck Very nice. so i got the little bluetooth thing going in the cigarette lighter which is okay um the tape deck is a little warbly um i can maybe get a bluetooth uh tape cassette player adapter i think technology connection said that a bluetooth tape player sounds better than a tape cassette because i think it's just one magnetic transmitter butted up against another one and i think something like that i'll have to just i mean they're probably just 12 dollars on amazon i should buy one um and i didn't try the cd player yet i had a tape tape with me hmm. um but another thing it's a double din the factory head unit is a double din and if i got a us if i put a us dm head unit in it would be a single din which would open it up for a little tray in there because there is no door trays in a sarah there's no cup holders 
There's no cubbies anywhere. Mm. So any food you have, any drink you have, it's going on a seat. Yeah. Or it's going on the floor. Yeah. Uh, I'm open to, yeah. I'm open to options for um, uh, people from the Sarah groups to say, hey, what are my options for? Because my goal of the car is to have it be a long distance bomber because that's what it's great at. Yeah. Um, it just eats miles the exception of the freaking uncomfortable seats, um, which I will never stop complaining about because hopefully someone out there has a Sarah that has found a way to swap seats in that thing. Yeah. Because my seats, the phase three Sarahs don't have confetti seats. They don't have the crazy nineties uh, color slash pattern on the seats. They're just gray, mm. but it still has it on the floor. The floor mats are the funky nineties trapper keeper. It has the designs. Those are cool. Yeah, but the seats on a phase three have kind of got contemporary. We're mid nineties now. We've gotten away from the radical early nineties. The seats don't really look like anything; they're just gray seats. Um, so putting something else in there, like maybe MR two seats, would be fine. Yeah, you know what? I should get in contact with Dan from Japanese Classics to see if they have any like JDM. Actually, that's the thing. I should be putting USDM seats in these things. Um, which would mean I'd be driving from a passenger seat, but that'd be fine because the passenger seat, like in your car, yeah. is a better driver's seat than driver's seat in the Sarah. Exactly. You're, it's USDM uh, seats for a USDM body. That's another thing. Since the, these are the Sarahs come with bucket seats, so the bolsters are really deep, and but they're also made for slender people, mm. which Americans are not. So actually what happens when I sit in these seats, especially the blown out driver's one, is I'm sitting on the bolstering and mm -hmm. my spine sort of falls into the seat. There's no spinal support, which hurts like, so now you're getting, your back is getting pinched and your spine is slouching at the same time. Yeah. It's a terrible seating position. It's like that King of the Hill where Hank realizes he has no ass yeah. and he's been sitting on his tailbone for however many years. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, you can look into a prosthetic or an ass, ass. Uh, yeah. add on. You know, but, uh, and I can't put a, if I put a, um, a pad on this bottom of the seat as well, there's no headroom. So I'm five ten, and I have like an inch of headroom. Yeah. And I, we talked about this at, at lunch. If I wear a baseball cap, the little button of the baseball cap touches the roof. So that sucks. Sorry, I'm just pulling up the report on my car so I can talk to people about what's going on with my car. Because basically... Okay, tell them that because I got to pee. Rock and roll. Okay, so I uh, had to take in uh, Red Betty, my 2004 SN95 Mustang, for inspection. And uh, to my usual mechanics, uh, King's Auto Repair in Reading. And uh, they are tremendous, tremendous people. Uh, they've always... I think what matters to me the most about them is that they know how sentimentally attached to my car I am. So when, uh, Mike, the owner called me, um, he basically said that, um, well, he, he sounded distressed in the sense that he knows how much the car matters to me. And he was trying to like find a way to break it to me of that. Like the engine has a whole lot of problems in it. Um, I believe, um, Oh, I don't know if he's the owner. He says service advisor. Anyway, um, it needed a whole lot of attention, like the suspension and the steering. You know, there's a lot of excessive play on the left uh, front tie rod. Um, you know, the brake fluid is all 
weird. It needed a flush, but like the main problem, uh, it seemed were the front brakes, uh, and basically fluid leaks from literally everywhere. So engine oil, coolant, transmission fluid, power steering, um, you know, and just all these other things with like, I don't know, just, just various issues, um, that are related to the overall enduring functionality of my car. And what's great about King's auto repair is that they offer me a complimentary loaner vehicle, which is that, um, Corolla that's sitting out there, which I have enjoyed driving immensely for the past uh, week. It has been absolutely lovely. And it's showing me a bit of the, how the other half lives of seeing what it's like to have something that from the jump feels reliable. Like I, the two minutes behind that, I feel like I don't have to worry about this thing at all. But ultimately I found myself wanting to save Sally or not Sally, Betty, um, because, uh, you know, I love that car and my stance has always been that I will drive that car until it dies or until I do like, and by until it dies, I mean, until it no longer makes financial sense to repair it anymore. And so the price that they quoted was far lower than I expected it was going to be. And so I'm like, yes, absolutely. Do whatever you can to save her. And they've done that. I got the text message uh, today that she's ready to pick up. Obviously, I won't be done in time to pick her up today, but I will get her tomorrow and return the Corolla. And, you know, Red Betty will be back on the road. And, yeah, it's I did prank my nephew uh, by not telling him that, Betty was in the shop and just letting him think that I got a new car without nah. telling him or letting him say goodbye to it wow. um, because he loves that car almost as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And um, that's another reason why there's so much sentimental value mm-hmm. tied to it. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was initially shocked, but I don't really think he bought it for a second that uh-huh. I was, it's like, okay, what's up with the car? It, it, like that. And I'm not really committed to pranks. You know, it's a strange thing. I don't like pranking people. I just kind of didn't say anything and Mm -hmm. just let him come in and try to figure out what it all meant. Like you piece it together yourself. And then he didn't say anything for like 10 seconds. I'm like, yeah, Betty's in the shop. Uh, It's like, they gave me a loaner car, a complimentary loaner car. And it's just like a really nice thing to do. And that's why I held out for them more than any other. Cause I had to wait like a week before I could get my car seen mm-hmm. because of bookings, but I didn't want to go anywhere else because I needed a loaner car. Did want to rent from an agency. Yeah. Um, because for that, I just go to a junkyard and get some beater that yeah. fit for a thousand. But, uh, and also because I know these are people who are not going to like screw me over because they right. literally never have. If I go get a second opinion from anywhere else and I've gone to many, many other places, mm-hmm. they will literally quote me like double what Kings mm. does um, for the exact same work, the, yeah. the exact same labor, the exact same everything. Yeah. And so I don't know, I can't say enough good things about those people. Um, but ultimately I will be excited to get my car back. Even if the seats in my Mustang do not promote good posture the way they do in that Corolla, yeah. because those are like, you know, like you said, like captain posture seats of just like, Oh, up you go. Cause I have terrible yes. posture. Like, Posture is like garbage. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very happy to have my car back and, you know, cause I couldn't be without wheels and thankfully because of the loaner car, I wasn't, but I mean, it's almost scary to think about how suddenly 
limited you are from the lack of consistent wheels. So yeah, uh, I can't really complain. I, I, I really can't because I've been very fortunate. I'm looking oh. on eBay for Corolla seats. Yeah. $150. Cloth manual. Right passenger seat. Mm. I mean, a lot of these are going to be trash. <laughs> I mean, $150. Actually... Yeah, if I buy the a passenger seat, it's going to be less used than a driver's seat. I could probably literally just go to Justin Kramer's like, make this fit this. Yeah, find a way. For there is indeed always a way. $473. What? For a Corolla seat? Front passenger seat. $500. All right. I mean, anything like if you're not paying for the seats, it's going to cost you the difference in labor to get them. Yeah, local pickup. That's. Oh, what am I doing? I should be on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally could get some <laughs> awesome seats on Facebook Marketplace and actually just drive and get them and hand them money. Yeah, Facebook Marketplace is the new Craigslist. Yeah. Um, uh, question from the Bellman says, You ever watched, and thank you for your donation. Thank you. Ever watched Noah? Gervais. Oh, Gervais. Gervais. YouTube guy reviewing video games and the American West and literary style from the back of an old VW bus kind of regular. Uh, you sound like you have because I haven't. Um, I've heard of him. I haven't watched the material, but um, I keep meaning to check it out. And I keep forgetting because, again, it's like, you know, you have a lot of stuff in your queue, your watch later and just kind of forget about it. And then it sort of stacks on top of it. And eventually you kind of forget to scroll down. So there's stuff from forever ago, like this short animated film about like Le Mans in mm -hmm. like 1955, like the tragic one. Yeah. Um, or was it a different year? Um, like not the, like the tragedy was 1955, but I'm wondering if the short film was actually about that, the animated short or just a different year of Le Mans. But um, yeah, it's easy to kind of fall behind on what it is you've been recommended. And yeah, that does sound very much on brand for us. And it would be interesting, um, which reminds me, I really need to like just send the Pennsylvania script. Um, right. It'll be something it's, it, I'll, get around to it when I get around to it. Cause we're going to just review, uh, you know, review other things uh, for the second channel, this channel, um, mm -hmm. that aren't cars. So mm -hmm. it's it, trying to keep it kind of like a mystery. I mean, obviously people voted on Pennsylvania, so mm -hmm. we're going to review Pennsylvania, but mm -hmm. other things that are just reviews in the RCR format that aren't cars. So I don't know. Yeah. We already did the, or I already did the shopping cart, and so, you know, there will be other things. Yeah. Uh, steel fan, steel a fan, sell a fan 81 says, thank you for your donation. I have a 2015 Honda Accord with over a half a million miles. The engine and transmission have been replaced once. How long before I should get rid of it? Do you want to get rid of it? Um, 
That's the thing. Like a 500,000 mile Honda Accord. How did they manage 500,000 miles in 15 years? No, not 15 years, six years, right? Yeah, six years. Wow. Someone like Jess McAndrew might have owned that. Just long distance car commuting all the time. Uh, and the engine and boat, new engine and transmission. I mean, how much money do you want to pour into it? Is it comfortable? Is it hurting you? Um, that's the thing. No matter how much work you're going to put into it, that is at most a $2,000 car with that many miles on it. You're not going to be able to sell it for more than that. So I suppose the answer is the financial answer is when you get the $2,000 repair bill, that's when you sell it. Um, um, unless like, you want like just having a high mileage Honda and bragging about it, then keep it and keep pouring money into it. Or unless you go like the, the Tavares uh, route with this saying of that, I don't dig money pits. I dig money tunnels of, of, of sort of, you know, sort of recognizing, all right, in for a penny, in for a pound type situation. Ah, yeah. um, but granted, that's all predicated on just having the money to kind of just keep putting it into the project yeah um and in freddie's case the more junk a car is the more money he makes from youtube off of it it's true so there's that boris ts karloff hello Thank um you. are you going to do any rust prevention or protection such as fluid film or otherwise i think i should when we had it up on the lift at gears and gasoline we see it it still has its factory rust protection it's rubberized coating over everything um hmm. But Toyota wasn't, but again, this is a Japanese domestic market car and they don't have the type of rust proofing we do. So fluid film, something else, POR, something, you better put something on here. Yeah. So um, it's going to go to Bruce's. I'm going to ask his opinion. What do you think's the best? Um, and also because my Georgia temp tag is good until May 25th. So I don't have to... I don't have to worry about inspection or anything. I got over a month to go. Yeah. So get it over to Batsy. That'd be a thing to do for tomorrow. Yeah. Get it over to Bruce's. What do you think? Pay the money for the lift. And I already know I'm going to need front front shocks. And I already ordered them. I can, thankfully, Amazon had a link to front shocks from a EP91 Toyota Starlet. So huh. I don't think you can run shocks from a Paseo or a uh, Tercel. I think you need front shocks from a Starlet. So no matter what, they're going to be overseas. But I did have them on, they did, there was links on Amazon. <laughs> it was weird. One was $63 and the other was $74. Huh. <laughs> like, all right. Um, still less than I thought they would be. Um and plus like 15 for shipping and but the uh in my they don't know when they're gonna get here yeah. so there's like we don't have any shipping tracking information we'll let you know when so probably this link links to somebody who links to somebody who's overseas or something like that hmm. so eventually they're gonna get here um so the front shocks, as we saw in the video, are weeping, but it's not bad, bad. And I'm more now I have to I have to change the struts before we can address the 
the steering shimmy and steering wander. So not worried about that. Again, those freaking seats just hurt me. And then there's the rear shocks, or excuse me, the rear struts for the rear glass. I have to measure them, find out what the PSI is. There are people on the Facebook Sarah group. There is somebody who works at a machine shop or something like that who sells really good, like higher pressure shocks for the Sarah. But I'm also looking at it as I could just put like rags and paper and old clothes and stuff around it and just get the grinder out and just grind off. Actually, I'd have to do that really gently. I should really drill it out, not grind it out. Mm. Drill out the pin uh, while it's still on the car and just replace it that way. Um, because it's a it's it's a hatchback, but it's also you'll you'll see when you open it up. I forgot it was like this. You open up the hatch, but you can't get to the trunk yet. Huh. There's another cardboard covered in vinyl lid. It's like that's a privacy thing. So because everything is glass, you don't want to see what you have in there. Yeah. But you got to open it. You got to open it and then open it again yeah. to get to your stuff in the back. I mean, um, hmm. so. So, yes, rust protection. Wagon Waifu says bachelor party. Go karting, maybe. That's actually not a bad idea. It's just. It'd be really fun for like three people in the group. Yeah, my brother drinks and I don't. And yeah. I don't imagine they let you go karting drunk. No. So that's not something that, you know, it's just I'm not the guy to plan any sort of festivity. Like I don't even have birthday parties. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't. It It's awkward for me to do mm -hmm. to kind of have that responsibility. Um, And, you know, it's like it'll be a disappointment, you know, mm -hmm. if, if he's expecting, I mean, I know my brother well enough to know that he's not necessarily somebody who's going to be expecting the whole, you know, knock at the door. Uh oh, it's the police. And I'll, uh, uh, I, I'm here to make an arrest. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, I've never been in this position, but well, I mean, I've been a best man before, but not a best man who like, yeah, where my only job was giving a speech. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't know that that isn't my job. Like yeah, I could talk to my brother about it, but it's something where like, I, I don't know. I mm -mm. Like it's, it's so far away. I mean, it's getting closer, but for me, it's still far away. So it's like the end of July. So yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I've been to strip clubs, and uh, but I haven't been one in into one in a very long time mm -hmm. uh, since my last girlfriend, who strangely enough was like, "Let's go to a strip club," and yeah. I was just, I was just kind of like, "Okay, it's just, yeah. it's it's just because uh, I'm, I don't know. It just there's nothing wrong with it. I love." the idea that i mean like all sex work is work to me yeah. um and nobody should have to kind of feel they have to justify that as their profession but ultimately mm -hmm. i don't know that it's necessarily a place where i have a good time just because i mean it's so packed in and everything is so expensive and really unless you're getting like a private dance i i don't really but again this is different times you mm -hmm. know 
Uh, we got Anthony's pseudonym. Doesn't have a question for $6.90. Very nice. Hey, guys. Congratulations on the Sarah. I am pooping. Excellent. <laughs> um, Ozzy420 time. That sounds like a Counter-Strike username. <laughs> With a generous donation. Thank you. Uh, the AMC RCR story is great. I'm not finished listening, but thanks for all the hard work you put into it. I'm excited for the Sarah review, but until then, here's some cash. I don't know if I, I guess, I guess it could be a main channel review, uh, explaining that like how the, I mean, I could do a full review on the phase three manual Sarah. And, but it's going to be a while until I, I get that car completely sorted and solve the painful seat problem, which I will never stop complaining about until it's done. So, and also, and also the headlights are completely junk. Ooh. Like they're bad. We didn't, cause we reviewed the first car in the daytime. We didn't know, uh, we, there was no way to know this. Yeah. The headlights on a Toyota Sarah, the bulb designation is H3C. H3C bulbs do exist in the US, but they're really only used for fog lights. Mm. They're this big. Yikes. And that's your low beam light. Yes, it's a projector, but so what? I mean, yes, this is one of the first cars to be fitted with projector headlights, which is way ahead of its time for 95. Yeah. Projector headlights are good. But if the bulb is like, it's, you know, those little lights that are in your, like, okay, well, most, uh, your average headlight bulb is about the size of like your thumb to your knuckle. An H3C bulb is like the size of your, of your, your pinky from its knuckle to the end. Yeah. From the, from the last. It's tiny. There's not that much lumens coming out of that. And it's just an incandescent. I ordered some LED ones off of Amazon. They're going to come smelling like cigarettes and stuff from China. We're going to see what they do if they can improve this. Before we went and went to lunch, I also saw that I compared to how these headlights were aligned next to my Forester, and I'm like, oh, these are like pointed at the ground. Yeah. And I think that may be a Japanese thing. Well, no, it doesn't make sense because the, the POW has fantastic headlights and they're arranged normally and also, well, they're glass as well. These are plastic nine. These are plastic from the nineties on a car that's probably sat outside for a long time. Um, the housing itself is, you know, has oxidation on it. I was able to clean the outside with Meguiar's Plasti-X, but there's also corrosion on the oxidation on the inside of the headlight housing. And people on the forums said, well, by forums, I mean, the Facebook page says the way you fix that. And this is, gets really crazy yeah. is that you have to take the ha uh, housings out of the car. You have to remove all the wiring, all the lenses, everything. So you're just left with the housing and you still can't get at the inside of the housing cover until you take the headlight housing, preheat your oven to 300 degrees, <laughs> put it in there for five minutes to soften the glue that holds the two together and then ooze them apart. And then you can get in there with your polish and polish the inside of the headlight housing. And then you have to properly glue it back together. So you'll, there will be no water impedance into it. I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. That's an awful long walk. Yeah. 
which I am not going to do that. Yeah, no. Maybe if someone can find some new old stock headlight housings, but then also everything about this is 25 year old plastics. So you need to be very careful. I broke so the um, the dome light, which is one of the stupid Toyota. It reminds me of the of my Echo, where the where the dome light was behind you, and there's no way to get to it. Yeah. So um, I broke the little plastic cover on it. I like I like pulled out it a little to see if the head light bulb was broken. It just snapped in half, and I was at Charles Guam's house, <clears throat> and he just laughed. So. Shout out to Charles Guam, the uh, the van truck guy, also a BattleBots guy, and uh, so I think I'm just going to get one of those plastic, a little push push button. Uh, what do they call it in cop cars? Your uh, your lottery ticket light, and just get the tiniest one I can because there's a little because you don't have a roof in this car. Your doors are the roof. So just find a place, stick it, and that's going to be my interior light. Hmm. Uh, Lorenzo C. Sarah. Sarah, Lorenzo, thank you for your generous donation, says, Brian, Nick, congratulations on the Sarah. Love the video this week. Uh, uh, Nick would be able to have more... It, would we be able to get more video from you guys that resemble wear a fucking condom Appalachian Trail stories? Thanks. Yeah, I got to do more RCR journals. I have one about going to uh, a auction last October um, at Carlisle Auctions. And uh, um, that's something I can review and put up that I've been meaning to do. It was supposed to be something for Road and Track, but you know, life kept happening and I never did it. I have it all written out. I can easily read it and just put it up here. So that could be a thing. Thanks for reminding me about that. Thank you for the cash as well. Um, thanks. Review my Mariner before COVID. I'm not sure what that means. Did we already do a Mercury Mariner? Um, or were you the person whose Mariner I reviewed? Trying to remember. Anyway, thank you. Uh, Boris T.S. Karloff says, the AMC uh, review story was fantastic. You can feel the amount of effort. Yeah, Nick worked on that really for a long time. That went into it. Congratulations on another super success. Well, thank you very much. Mark David says, uh, what is the best fun automatic car for commuting to university for under 10? All right, so now we've ruled out uh, Volkswagen GTI. Because that I, I enjoyed that. That's a pretty good automatic. I had previously asked about a 328i and got a big fat no from you guys. Yeah, no, not not for. You need an automatic car that's fun. So, okay, let's take the transmission out of the equation and let's not worry about that. Let's have the car itself be fun and the transmission have nothing to do with the driving experience. And that means we're going to go light, lightweight. You're going to be going to a university, so you need something that will not impact your studies, something that's being reliable. Um, hmm. So... 
I'm going to suggest a Subaru Impreza Outback with a 2.2 liter, the good engine, like the, the not head gasket blowy engine, the 2.2 liter with an automatic. Of course, every one of them you're going to find are going to be rusted out, but maybe you'll find one that's clean. Nick, could you get the sign? Um, that's, yeah, I'm going to go with that. They're still fun to drive. You're going to work them a lot. You're going to put it in low a lot, but I think that's a good university car. Uh, and a Subaru Impreza Outback, um, with the 2.2 liter, the donkey show engine. Let me do a refresh here. Um, there was someone in the chat who, um, Oh, wait, actually, it was uh, Paul who uh, messaged me on Instagram about this, um, of defining structuralism. Um, okay. He says that his gathering is that things in art are products of their time and underlying systems. Um, my understanding is that structuralism is basically that meaning is constructed in relation and opposition to other things, uh -huh. so that... An apple is an apple because it's not an orange. Okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, I haven't looked it up in a minute, in a hot minute. Um, but I believe we talk about this in one of the videos with like signifier and signified. I wish I could remember which video it was. Um, but that it's generally about structures and how meaning is created. Um, because it's almost like language and linguistics are sort of um, self-contained mm -hmm. and are formed via the basis of interaction and opposition. So a, a correlation of different meanings. I don't know. I'm being very unclear. Um, it's, it's the hipster thing. The, the uh, Dale describing hipsters and King of the Hill. Uh those are what you call hipsters. They don't define themselves by what they are. They define themselves by what they are not. Yeah. <laughs> Structuralism. Oh, the signifier rant was on the V6 Mustang video. All right, cool. So that was probably a me video then. Mm. Um, but yeah. Oh, and I heard from the bathroom something about the AMC thing. Um, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to like get back to all of the very, very kind messages that people have left. I've just been liking them because it's mm -hmm. been kind of a decompression week for me because that was a lot of work yeah. over the past two weeks to finish it. And I like I was in this place where you know how it, you kind of feel when um, – and I don't know how unique it is to YouTubers, but uh, that feeling of re working really hard on something and seeing the content fail, like I was anticipating it to fail and not do as well as like the Pontiac one. But then it's like, I don't know that anything I'd make on my own ever will, but I'm always going to try. Mm -hmm. And so eventually you get to this point where like you just don't want to know. You just kind of look away and ignore what the response is. And it's also like, I'm sick of hearing about my voice. Like yeah. I'm sick of hearing my voice, but I'm also sick of hearing about my voice of like, Oh, I don't like his voice. Oh, I don't blah, blah, blah. Which like, doesn't really matter that much to me, but it's just in the same way that like, um, like if you're a pro wrestling fan, you're sick of hearing, like you bring it up to people and their initial response a hundred percent of the time is, you know, it's fake. Right. 
It's like, of course I know it's fake, you moron. <laughs> Let people enjoy things. Yeah, yeah. That, that. And, you know, it's something where I know that because I recorded it all in one, like, five-hour session. It's like my that, dad watching a movie and like, that would never happen in real life. Yeah. Well, that's right. Of course not. That's why it's a movie. <laughs> but it's like, at the end of it, like, I probably sounded a little bit like like a smoker or like I was trying to do a Batman impression by the end of it, just because my voice was shot towards the end. But, um, it was still very much, uh, uh, didactic process. Um, because I feel like I learned a lot about making videos and about structure in terms of formatting the review, because a lot of it, like, did I want to include the part about the sinking of the Lusitania? Because realistically, how much did it matter to the overall story of AMC? Yeah. Is it more important to include this than to talk about the AMC spirit, which I barely mention at all, mm. or to talk about AMC's racing division, which I barely mention at all. And I realized that those were necessary to include like the people stories, like the sinking of the Lusitania, because like RCR stories are mostly people stories. Otherwise, they're just things that you could get from our normal reviews mm-hmm. when we're talking about the cars or the people who drive them. This is more about like the people who made them and the people who um, helped launch these different things into the stratosphere of automotive history. And, you know, you can't divorce the story of AMC from, you know, the sinking of the Lusitania or the assassination of the Renault president. And so ultimately I think, um, I just have to uh, kind of like view everything in terms of like what's a good story for me to tell, but also what's a story that I'm going to be engaged in telling. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's why like there probably won't be another RCR stories until like the late summer um, just because I'm so washed out from spending like that much time on that RCR yeah. story that like, I just don't want to even think about going back mm-hmm. in and starting it over again, but um, there will be more and I'll get around to them. But um, big shout out to Joe from auto moments. I could not have possibly done that video without him because he supplied so much of the AMC footage. And I it sincerely recommend people go subscribe to auto moments because he's done a lot of really great yeah. deep dives on AMC vehicles. Um, he's had interviews with like automakers like Malcolm Bricklin and um, it's just very incisive, well-researched and well-filmed uh, content. I mean, the AMC Eagle footage that he gave me was just gorgeous. I just wanted to look at it all day. Like when it's cresting over through these like rain soaked, uh, through these rain soaked trees with lit by yeah. like a sunshine that's coming through the parted clouds. It's just so gorgeous to look at. And I, and I don't know, I was very fortunate to be able to get the help that I did for this video. And um, I'm very thankful to everyone who has listened to and enjoyed it because that's the reason I do it um, to the people who maybe don't know the stories and even to the people who do and want to be able to talk or to learn more about it or to just have that story put out there in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't imagine I'll ever make one that, that that's that long ever again. Um, but still it's a lot to, you know, learn from. And, um, oh, there was something else I wanted to mention about it, but I don't remember what it is. And I'm sure it's, 
if it were more important, I would come up with it, but mm. yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, I, it'll, I'll add it to the podcast feed next week. I just want to give it a week to do whatever it's going to do on YouTube, mm -hmm. but then it'll be added as a podcast and you guys can listen to it that way. Um, I mean, I recommend doing it as a video just because you'll see all the business stock images of handshakes, yeah. <laughs> meaning business, you know, it, it, those are the running gags that are in every RCR story. Like handshake means business. Um, mentioning what happened on a certain date and sneaking in a Metal Gear factoid because no matter when in the 20th century you're talking about, there will be like a Metal Gear like factoid that you can put in there of like, oh, this is when Big Boss wakes up from his coma in like 1984 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just something along those lines. But yeah, thank you to everyone who watched it. Thank you to everyone who's reached out. I really, really appreciate the kind words and thank you so much. This is when Liquid Snake explained Big Chungus. <laughs> did they get the? Was that someone who was really good at doing Liquid Snake, or did they get the original voice actor? I don't know. It? I always assumed that it was the original, but I mean, everybody kind of. I feel like if you're a decent enough voice actor, you can probably do a pretty easy Liquid Snake mm -hmm. because he's such an exaggerated kind of caricature mm -hmm. of an 80s like action movie villain yeah like the english action movie villain yeah very legal very cool says i hit a deer with the family xt70 on my way back to work at like 50 miles an hour it drives but the body work costs uh costs merit <laughs> but the body work cost merits me buying a first car would a late 90s outback impreza sport be good if it has the 2.2 liter engine, yes. If it has an EJ25, head gasket bra, just factor in another two grand to have those head gaskets done. <clears throat> so yeah, you that is a that I agree with that. That is a good choice. Um, if you're gonna ski and you're on the northeast, be ready that there may be some grinding and rewelding of rust spots. Um, all of those Subarus rust around the rear shock towers. Mine did. Hmm. victorious thank you for your donation says if you are pulling the seats check if seats from a 2008 2019 chevy cruise or traverse fit i'm five foot six 200 pounds and i can vouch for both junkyard maybe Ugh. junkyard seats seats that have see the thing about junkyards in the northeast is that most of these cars have busted out windows and those seats have been in all weather and snow and heat for years and years and years yes no amount of detailing is going to make them clean um uh silent bro boop cilantro boop cilantro bop cilantro bop says the one time I catch you guys live and I'm in and I'm in compos composition class. Nice. Oh, fitting. Thank you. Nice. And thank you for the donation. Lucas Rolfs says, hello, Mr. Regular and Mr. Roman. Well done on the AMC RCR stories. Do you have any opinions on run flat tires? Yes. Hoping to replace mine, but no room for a spare. Hmm. Uh, well, that's what they're for, aren't they? Uh, the way run flat tires work is they are regular tires with reinforced sidewalls, which will hold the tire up a little bit if you lose air pressure. Run flat tires are for people who don't know that their tires are losing air. 
Um, they also are in some ways useful on like rental cars and things like that. It's my opinion they don't feel very nice and they ride extra hard because they're reinforced. They don't have the give and that a normal tire does. Of course, I've never owned a car that doesn't have a spare, which reminds me I need a new, I need to put a spare tire on the spare wheel. Um, I got to go see Nush about that. So we got to wrap this up. I got to go over to Moyers and see Nush um, and get a tire on there. Uh, hoping to replace mine, but yeah, I, that that's my opinion. I don't like them. If you have AAA, a trip, I, I would rather have AAA and uh, what do you mean you have no room for a spare? Like you can buy a donut with the same lug pattern. And a, and, a, and a spare, you can, if you literally have no room for a spare, I wonder what kind of car you have that doesn't have one. Well, I guess you have like a modern car that has no place for a spare at all. Yeah. Um, unless you have, unless you just consent to having a donut just sit loosely in your trunk. Um, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. If it, if it puts your mind at ease, I guess use it. I mean, knowing that, see, yeah, oh, you can drive on it. Yeah, you can drive on it. Um, the trick is knowing. That's the thing. That's another thing about run flats is you can go down to, I think, like 20 pounds before the tire looks like it's low on air, before mm. it does that sagging thing, because it's holding itself up. Yeah. So that would be a thing with run flats, like every now and again, go check the tires. That's another thing I got to do in that Sarah, all the tire pressures aren't. When I checked the, the the tire pressure before I left on some of those tires, like 24 pounds. Yeah. It's like, Ugh. um, so, and the only sheets I stopped, like, oh, it, it dawned on me, like on my second day driving home that I didn't check the tire pressure. So I pulled into a sheets at this point, I was far enough North, North. I was in Virginia at the time there was sheets. So I just found one knowing that they have free air. So I pulled over, pulled up to the air pump, check my tires with my tire, uh, I have pressure gauge. pressure gauge yeah. and I'm like, Oh, these are low. So I go over and automatically I wanted to start pushing that thing up to 40 and it was all busted. Mm. Like someone had kept it, it, That's the thing with like sheets pumps, the, the buttons on there are really bad and people and they break cause they're like capacitive touch buttons. They're not actual true mechanical buttons. So when they break a little bit and like the sensor gets moved around under that plastic film, mm all the idiots think it's not working. I just got to press it more. And then they just break the, th they just oh. push it in completely. And then, you know, sheets corporate is like really drags their heels to replace something that's free. It's yeah. not actually making money. So, so I'm not going to drive the sheets. I'm going to go all the way to Moyer's car care. Cause their air is just hooked up to the compressor inside. So here you go. Here's air. Don't blow your tire up. Yeah. Um, Long ran about tires. Miles HSG. Hello, Miles. Says, Ooh. Hi, Brian. Nick, I had to sell my AW11. Oh, and Subaru Brat. 
Now I'm driving a Ford C-Max. It's my first time owning a car that other people have. It feels very strange. Yeah, it feels very strange. No one's looking at you. You don't feel different. And this is what being a normal person is like. This is dumb. That's how I felt about the, the loner Corolla, which is not to say that I got glances in the Mustang, but like I had people occasionally one out of like every 40 times I went out occasionally tell me that my car is nice or like do the little like Mustang wave yeah. that, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but now it's kind of like no one notices. Like I go out to like get in the car and I have to like stop and think for a minute because I'm like, Oh wait, which one am I? Oh yeah, that's right. I have a key fob now. Yeah. Um, a working key fob. So I can find out that way. But I was afraid for the first few days that I would literally forget what I was driving yeah. and like freak out yeah. <laughs> and not be able to find it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's totally invisible. Yeah. It's like, uh, Oh, what's that code in all the first person shooters? Like no target. Oh yeah. yeah. In the console type in no target no one looks at you okay bearer of bricks says at what point in uh and thank you for the generous donation at which point in sentimental value versus monetary value situation do you cut your losses and just get rid of a car mm. well it's a question when it's more than you initially paid for it i would argue because if if i had been quoted at 4400 which is what i initially paid for yeah. betty um that would have been a really hard thing because yeah, you're buying the car again i'm buying it again and also like there is i, I can't pretend that the the alluring pull of beginning the search anew was not like exciting <laughs> even if you get the duratech you now have 305 horsepower yeah that which i'm never going to use like i'm the biggest it's geared like, pretty tall yeah it's not going to feel like 300 and it's you know an mr2 with the uh Calde uh caldina swap makes 300 at the wheels yeah and that feels like 400 yeah uh a 305 horsepower mustang v6 is going to be well, an automatic I get, well they have different gear ratios but my point is it's not going to struggle ever so yeah anyway but it's something you're that about a 10 you nine or ten thousand is what you'll pay for the final i think we i think it goes up to 2011 or something like that the final year of the s197 yeah um which i mean you get that I, cool, not a T handle shifter, but it's like an N handle shifter. It looks like it's like it comes up over and there's a handle. There's like two bars on it. Yeah. So it's like a, like a jet thing that they did. I mean, what are your thoughts on the, the whole sentimentality argument? Because I know that like it was hard for you to let go of the AW11, but also recognizing that you know, sometimes just because you want it doesn't mean you're the right person to have it or that you live in the right place for it to thrive. And so sentimentality yeah. does become a factor in that, like, can, is it, is sentimentality a thing you can overcome in furtherance of making the right decision? I don't know if I've been sentimental toward any car. Mm. 
Um, not even this, old Heller. Mm, yeah, that that let, that went before I was ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No. Every car that I've, every vehicle, that includes the motorcycles I've sold, I've sold because I was moving on or I needed the money. Hmm. I suppose the one I miss the most is the Suzuki GS500. Um, that's a really great bike. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe I'll buy another one. Like when my motorcycle phase starts again and I'll be third time around buying a GS 500. <laughs> um, or at this point, maybe I'd want a fuel inject. I don't know. Thing is I've rode every single road around here on a motorcycle. Um, any, Maybe I'd buy a scooter again and just use that. But to go places around here, I have to cross 60. I have to get on 61 and you, scooters don't work. So no real, yeah, the sentimental value isn't monetary value and it never will be. It only matters to you. Mm. And to me, sentimental value is a car rotting in a field. Um, in an Alan Wattsian way, as the time as as time moves forward, your past disappears like like a wake leaving a ship. Mm. So I I don't value sentimentality. I like the story, I like the experience of owning a car, and I realize that it's all temporary as we are, as our conscience is, and as is the concept of you. Um, who are you that you're so great that an object defines um, your sense of self? I see that as shallow. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I don't like talking about objects. The idea, like I was invited to a JDM meet on Saturday and, but it's all the way in Connecticut and that's five hours away. Um, and my back still hurts after, again, I got to solve those Saracens. They just don't support my spine. Anybody has any ideas? Has anybody swapped seats in a Sarah into something more comfortable? I thought of the idea of hanging out with a bunch of other people discussing objects and explaining objects to each other. To me, that is what most car meets have become these days. Just the reciting and regurgitation of facts. I would rather talk about people and places rather than the categorization of consumer products and the sentimentality attached to a vehicle is really the attachment of stories and not the 
object itself. So cars need to be passed on to other people so they can begin life again and be the canvas on which other people paint their their memories mm. so like like you know when an artist creates art it's no longer theirs yeah when, the a, when, a, when a car when someone sells a car it's no longer theirs yeah. Someone like my Sarah probably had a very unique life in Japan somewhere. But in the video, there I am peeling off the, the, the stickers. People are like, how can you peel off the stickers? You got to keep the inspection stickers. No, yeah. this is not a jack. Yes, this car originated in Japan, but it's now American. Yeah. This is now my, I own it. It is mine. It will tell an American story now. So... I've, I've rambled on enough. I mean, it was a very nice ramble. <laughs> mm. At what point in sentimental value versus monetary value situation do you cut your losses? The moment you think about selling, leave. Mm. Like the second you think I should probably sell this car, that's when you start. That's when you start seeing what the prices are. Yeah. See if what the you second get. you think about it, leave. <laughs> yeah, or if monetary need sort of outweighs the sentimental value yeah. like if you need money in that moment mm -hmm. you know i don't know will down says hey nick how's red betty oh you know, yeah we were talking about that but, earlier yeah. yeah but she'll be fine i pick her up tomorrow uh she just needed a lot of work on fixing leaks and uh you know realignment uh, tie rod ends all sorts of like weird and unfortunate things but she'll be fine she'll be right I don't know what accent that was. It was terrible. Mm. Uh, SK break the rules or skate and break the rules. Thank you for five euros. It is my birthday and have a drink on me. Happy birthday. And thank you. I will. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, Cameron Auberon. Hello. Wouldn't be a podcast without seeing you. Congratulations on the new Sarah and the big AMC story. Just wanted to let you know I'm a Toyota owner too. I own a 1997 RAV4 all-wheel drive five-door five with over 211,000 miles. Uh, cool. Yep. I hope it keeps going. Awesome. Here, here. Yep. Um, yeah. I want to know if yours has the Toyota smell or you got rid of it. I wonder if I could put, oh, 90s RAV4 seats. Mm. They they're a bit tall. Well, actually, they're small. Mm. Cars small. They might they might fit in there. Ooh, if I could mm. find Rav Four seats with maybe a confetti pattern on it, it'll fit. It'll almost look more appropriate in the Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Joseph Rochester says hello from Charleston, South Carolina. Hello. Damn, that's a cool name. Charleston, Charleston, uh, South Carolina. My favorite accent. Again, I got a little taste of that going through the Carolinas, and the, I did get approached at a gas station in North Carolina, but I think the man I was talking to, I think I'm getting better. I heard I may be in North Carolina, but I heard a South Carolina accent. I'm like, mm. I believe anything you say Yeah, right now. It's, I know it's cliche, 
but sounds so earnest. It does. It's like it does. the guy with the um Velocer Turbo was from South Carolina. Yeah. And he was very like such an honest guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I just was like, keep saying things <laughs> for I love hearing you say them. It's the closest things America's America has to a uh Michael Caine. Yeah. It's, it's like the American Michael Caine voice. I don't know what you're saying, but I believe it. Yeah. James R says. God, we should, we should use like South Carolina accents to just give exposition in movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> James R says, uh, thank you for your donation. Looking to move on from my Honda Fit. And I said, yeah, it's a tough move. That car does a lot as a daily. I know it's tough. My primary one's a fuel sipper, which is what the Honda Fit does, that can bomb on the highway. Honda Fit can sort of do that. Not really. Considering a midsize hybrid sedan, that'll do it. Open to something less basic. Okay. So you want fuel economy. And when people say it can bomb on the highway, that really means go 80 miles an hour and not be stressed. Because really, okay. And most cars can do 70. You need to be doing maintaining 70 on a pretty steep uphill. Um, see, well, the Sarah certainly does that, but it's not comfortable because its seats suck. Um, uh, Kia something. Yeah, your soul. Well, the soul's kind of okay. Mm. Its mileage isn't that great because it's it's not very aerodynamic. It's a brick. Oh, people in the chat are like Kia Optima, maybe. Mm, um, okay. With the, I mean motor swap considering a mid-size hybrid sedan uh you have to beat a fit um uh honda accords if you can drive manual honda accord 6mt it comes back to that. It's not terrible. You're going to have a hard time getting both of those things without getting very specific. Um, getting fuel economy and a high top speed. And yeah, like your Prius does that. Yeah. You may not like that, but that's what that does. Ask Jess McAndrew. Yeah. That's what that car does. Can a Prius maintain 100 miles an hour? Yes, it can. Um, uh but you don't want basic. So you want, I mean, chat users coming in. Let's see. Fusion hybrid, camera, uh, Camry hybrid, Elantra touring. There's your answer. A manual Camry. They exist. If you haven't drive, learned to drive stick yet, guess what? Now it's time. A manual Toyota Camry. That's your answer. Hmm. That's Fair your enough. answer. Manual Toyota Camry. Word to the chat. Justin Curry says, I'm about to finish up a 1950 Pontiac Chieftain to use as a daily. Respect. How much of a bad idea is this? It's a fantastic idea as long as you have a backup car, yeah. like a Honda Fit. Something when this thing breaks, because it's gonna, old car is, um, you have an old car, so you're gonna have old car problems. It's only a bad idea if you have no fallback daily, like a modern Japanese car, or just a modern something, your your uh, your Honda Accord wagon, mm. something to fall back on. If you've got that, great. If you don't, bad idea. Yeah. 
Yep. Or you just have a bunch of money and you can Uber, Uber everywhere. Smee Gain, thank you for your donation. Smee Gain says, this is not a super chat. It's just me donating money because you rock off. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And big fat euros, can't say no to that. Cannot. I believe that was the last one. That was the last one. That was indeed the last one. So I have things to do with the Sarah. I need to properly inflate those tires. It's going to be about 4.30 when I go over to see Nush and actually ask him about rear tires. So. All right. Um, any closing thoughts? None for me whatsoever. I am. Uh, I have some errands to run before I get on home. So that'll be a good time for me because it's perfect uh, out and about weather. Okay, good. Gorgeous day. Okay, so thank you to everybody who donated to Super Chats. We will spend your money very wisely. I know my portion of it is going to be spent on Sarah parts. Uh, thank you to everybody who donates to through Patreon. You are allowing this channel to exist as a much larger channel than it really is. And I will be honest, I'm going to spend your Patreon money on Toyota Sarah parts. Um, and uh, <laughs> so for regular car reviews, I'm Brian. I'm Nick. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Da -da 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 -da.